0: You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, talking Nebraska basketball now here as it appears at least, Robin, and I say appears because you just never know um, with the way basketball rosters turn that Nebraska is done um, and have set the, they have set their roster here for this 2020-21 season. Um, your thoughts on kind of this roster with the final pieces they've added?
0: Yeah, you never want to say never as far as roster attrition, but as as of today, uh, I do believe that they have a completed roster. And when you look at it, it's first thing that jumps out is they're old. I mean, of the scholarship players, all but four of them are juniors or seniors, and so that in itself makes this a different type of team than we're used to seeing, where um, the amount of attrition and, uh, you know, roster turnover actually made them an older, more veteran team. So uh, that I think is a bit of a luxury to work with, especially kind of considering the circumstances they're dealing with, um, you know, with no one even being on campus right now, the fact that they've got guys that understand what it takes to succeed at this level. So um, that being said, uh, they could potentially be, you know, depending on who's eligible and who's not at 11 deep this year with their rotation. And that is a luxury, obviously, in many different ways. Um, I know a lot of people this past week were asking about projected starting five. And I guess if I had to guess right now, assuming uh, some waivers are, are granted by the NCAA, I'd go Delano Banton, um, Kobe King, Trey McGowan's, Teddy Allen, and Lat Mayan. But that five could fluctuate from a game-to-game basis depending on the opponent. And that's because they actually have pieces to work with to where if there's a big lineup disadvantage, they can move some pieces around and be just fine. So that is another difference in this roster compared to especially last year where there's actually some depth there. So the big thing now is getting these guys, most of which... uh, (laughs) not only have never met each other, but there's some guys that have never even been to Lincoln, Nebraska that are on this roster. And so uh, getting them not only on campus and adjusted to life in Lincoln, but becoming a team, especially just not knowing what the off season schedule is going to look like, what they're going to be able to do. Cause there's only so much you can do working out at home and playing, you know, drill work in your driveway and doing zoom meetings with your team. That's probably the next big hurdle for Nebraska is getting this talent that they've assembled all off season and making it into a unified team.
1: Yeah. Last year, you know, we joked, it was a good year to have the Italy trip. This would have been the better year, but they would not have been able to go. I mean, there's, there's so, so all those trips obviously will will be canceled. But Robin, my other question now is recruiting AAU basketball, you know, as we have learned over the years, it's big in April, May and July. I mean, those are some of the bigger months, Um, where all the coaches go out, all the recruits um, get seen. We're not going to have any of that this year. We know that the recruiting is shut down. Um, Do you know, what's the contingency plan for AAU basketball going
0: forward? Well, right now, obviously, with the recruiting dead period being instituted through June 30th, uh, that – really limits the window for those types of events to normally happen. They, they've already lost all the spring and, you know, June was supposed to be kind of a dead month anyway, but July, that's the big month where, uh, you know, you have the big peach jam event and, you know, the uh, different shoe company uh, major tournaments where, uh, I mean, that's when, you know, the, the, the final finishing touches were put on, uh, you know, the highest profile players that, I don't know if it's going to happen at this point. I mean, there are some people, uh, well-connected in the basketball world that think that uh, dead period might be pushed all the way through July. And if that happens, I mean, that eliminates the entire traditional AAU calendar year and for Nebraska, that doesn't necessarily hurt all that much because of how much they utilize the transfer portal and with the looming, um, you know, one-time transfer rule that will inevitably be put into place, you know, Nebraska doesn't necessarily need to rely or evaluate the high school market the way other schools do. Uh, So, you know, they're not as affected by this, but where, you know, as far as the to localize this thing, where this thing really hurts is, in-state prospects that would potentially get multiple power five offers or division one offers uh, by the end of the the AAU season that they're just not getting the opportunity to get. Like, for instance, Jason Green, uh, the 2022 forward from Millard North, uh, he has one uh, power five offer, and that's from Nebraska. Had he been able to play on a normal calendar, he would have had numerous. I know that there's multiple high major schools that have been looking at him. They just haven't got a chance to see him yet. So his offer list is still at one offer and that's just because teams haven't been able to see him and you know Isaac Trout from Grand Island uh, another 2022 recruit uh, he would have been in the same boat and so there's guys like that that you really feel for that under normal circumstances would have been much higher profile recruits that just aren't getting a chance to be seen the way they normally would.
1: And until the, the groups of people that can be in a room is lifted to over 50, I mean, it, it yeah. will be next to impossible to have
0: those any... AAU tournaments. Guys are just packed. It's like the benches all around the court. Cause they're not in arenas. They're, they're in, they're in like seven to eight court, like multiplexes that everybody's just mingling around. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, conversations and stuff that go on after the game and, you know, lots of high fives and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah the idea of them having that type of event I don't think it's going to happen I think what you might see is them try to do some smaller scale events where I mean it might just be coaches uh, only yeah the best of the best coaches only uh, being able to participate in these smaller mini tournaments uh, to where at least kids can have an opportunity to play in front of coaches so um, hopefully they get at least something uh and maybe some some more opportunities that uh you know these kids really need to really maximize their their recruiting potential
1: or they'll have to up the streaming i mean they'll have to they'll have to provide really really good footage and streaming of these events but still you want to be there in person
0: yeah i mean college coaches are going to have to adjust i mean this mentality that we're not going to offer until i see you that's how nebraska was under tim miles i mean they would give like conditional offers from assistant coaches but there would not be an official nebraska offer until tim miles saw saw the player and i think that hurt him in a lot of respects but uh guys like that with that mentality are going to have to adjust to where you know you just kind of trust your gut and what you see on film and uh, make a decision whether or not an offer whether you're not
1: all right let's talk schedule um what do we know for the non-conference side of things for nebraska when it comes to the gavit games the acc challenge um, and then obviously um, their holiday tournaments. What, what, do you, what can you share right
0: now? Well, what we know uh, right now is that they have the Myrtle Beach uh, Invitational out in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, that's uh, November 19th through the 22nd, and uh, you know, there's uh, several teams. I guess Missouri's in that, Pittsburgh's in that, Utah State, Dayton. Uh, so some, we'll see kind of what the bracket looks like as to who Nebraska would play. But that's uh, the big one we know of. Um, some kind of buy games that they've been able to add are Cleveland State, which – Normally, wouldn't be all that appealing, but Cleveland State is coached by Dennis Gates, who is the brother of Nebraska assistant Armand Gates. So there's a little family tie there. Uh, They got a game against uh, IPFW or Purdue-Fort Wayne, whatever they're called now. Um, And then UMKC, Missouri-Kansas City. Uh, And then obviously the game in Kansas City uh, against Kansas State. And then uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And the opponents haven't been set for that yet. So that one's still two to be determined. But with the Gavit games, which is kind of the Big Ten Big East series, uh, it's expected that Nebraska is going to be left out of that uh, again. Which I think that's at least the second time in you know, well, the Well, there's ten
1: hand. now. Is the UConn in the East Big East this year? Yes. So, so there's eleven Big East teams and there's yes. fourteen Big Ten
0: teams. Yeah. So the, there's always Big Ten teams that are left out, but I think Nebraska is going to be left out again. So I'm curious to see what they do with that game that they they probably thought they were going to have. Uh, do they just throw another buy game in there, or do they go out and try to do a, another home-and-home home with – Uh, a power five school that might be close that maybe they could do a neutral site game or, or there's a lot of options, but they've already scheduled relatively tough, much tougher than they did last year. And so with a team that has all these question marks about just familiarizing themselves with each other, do you want to take on too much and set yourself up for some early struggles? And they
1: get Creighton every year. So they technically get
0: a big, East opponent They have an annual Gavit game built in,
1: you know, but like Wisconsin plays Marquette um, Xavier plays Ohio state. Don't they usually every year? I believe so. So, I mean, you see a lot of normal Big East. I'm sure. I think Rutgers plays um, Seton Hall mm-hmm. every year um, in, in games uh, back and forth. Georgetown and Maryland play a lot. So, yeah, there is already a lot of crossover. Uh, I'll be curious if they finally get a home game in the ACC Challenge, Robin. They've gone yeah, two in a row. Straight.
0: That's so. the second time since they've been included in that ser- I guess since that series has been around that Nebraska's played back-to-back road games. So and it's always a, a game against an old football rival. So Let's relive the old Orange yeah. Bowl. Did, did Nebraska play this school in the Orange Bowl back in the the 80s then Nebraska basketball will play them in the Big Ten they've ACC played Challenge.
1: Clemson, Florida State and Miami like in every yeah, single one of
0: those with with some random, you know, Georgia Tech Georgia yeah. Tech and Wake Forest. Yeah. Are those been the only five? Uh I can't remember if they played Boston College or not, but I, I do believe that that's, that's it because they played Clemson twice. Uh, oh, they played Virginia Tech one year, too. And Virginia Tech beat them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Nebraska actually has done pretty well in that series historically, not not so much recently.
1: All right, well, when we come back, uh, I've got a special guest joining us, new Nebraska kicker edition. Connor Culp, the LSU graduate transfer, will join us next here. You're listening to the Oscar Online Show.